The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio Midweek Edition. We're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and we welcome in from his Husker Den... Or is it just your office, Mike? Did I misspeak? You're Mike Babcock with us, historian, author, Hall of Famer with Hale Varsity. This is just my office. Ah, the Babbers office. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got some some cool stuff. Uh, Did you go to Nebraska, Illinois last night? Uh, No, I didn't. Um, We've got... Jacob is always there, and then I think uh, sometimes Aaron Sorensen is there. I, I don't want to take a place in the press box that somebody that uh, would be actually working would have to have. So you had the option of turning the channel, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I watch on TV. Nope, I stay with it. Well, I mean, the only thing you really missed from last night's game was that guy who stacks up all the chairs at halftime and somehow manages to balance on top of them. He was in attendance last night, and that was that was a good that was a good part of the game. Th- if that, there's anything that was good. He also had the putt for a Porsche going on. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was that ju- was just ridiculous. Just a bit, <laughs> just a bit right. Uh, looked like me from a. About two feet away. But. Shout out to Alex. I actually know who, the, who was putting that one. So okay. shout, shout out to Alex. He, nice. uh, he gave it a good go. Mike, we'll get to football in a moment, but overall take away with where this Husker basketball team's at. Um, well, I, you know, I, I was listening earlier this week, and, and Elijah's got him going to the NIT. So um, I may have to amend my statement. We've always got that. <laughs> Every other game, I guess. Um, you, you can make that uh, uh, statement. No, I, no, I, they had, uh, Illinois had 12 steals. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. That's not going to work. Um, and, and that was part of Nebraska's 17 turnovers. Mm-hmm. And the free throw shooting wasn't very good. They didn't shoot very many. And most of that was on uh, Sam. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I was, when Nebraska fought back and cut it to ten, I thought this is the this team that I expected to show up, and then everything just went again. Um, and and you credit Illinois with that. Um, I acknowledge some of that with the officiating. You could see that on TV certainly, um, and uh, it just wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. And and again, I want to credit Illinois because it's a good Illinois team, uh, no question there. But, but I thought that uh, Nebraska was in a position where it would have maybe shown a little better than it, than it did. Not saying necessarily that the Huskers would, would win, but I thought Nebraska was, in a, was capable of doing better than what we saw. Mike Babcock's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mike, aside from last night, I think last night was the, the biggest disappointment of the Husker season thus far. There's been some losses and there's been some ones that you haven't enjoyed watching. But a home performance like that against a team in Illinois, which – 
you know what? They haven't been Illinois of the past couple of years. They are still a good basketball team, but they aren't what they were at one to two years ago. They looked like on paper they were a, beat, uh, yeah, a beatable team at home, yet they come in and steamroll Nebraska. Last night was definitely the most disappointing result of the year in my eyes. But the season thus far as a whole, have you been happy with what you've seen from Fred Hoiberg and company? Uh, enough to say that, I don't want to say his job's safe as of right now because there's a lot of season left, but based on what he's shown so far this year that he's going to earn himself the right to coach another year? Well, you know, I don't like to get into those discussions in the season about a coach. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And, you know, certainly um, I don't put what happened last night on Fred Hoiberg necessarily but uh you know the team is gritty we've talked about that before um they seem to be connected with each other as you watch the dynamic of that on the floor uh i like that part of it um but it, it just it seems like they go through stretches where things just don't just don't click for whatever reason i think it was at st john's you know you had Good first half, and you thought, "Wow, this is a this could be a, a win here," and then everything falls apart in the second half. Um, we see that, and can we get some consistency out of these guys? Um, and that, you know, I don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, obviously, Walker gets in a little bit of foul trouble, and you have to take him out. I think he's an important part of it. Um, he needs to play on a consistent basis. Um, you talked about. Uh, C.J. Wolcher, I, I thought there was a point earlier in the season where I thought, man, he can shoot the three. You know, he, it seemed like there were a couple games there where he did look like he was effective, but now he's to the point where you don't get that, uh, that three-point shot. When he takes it, it's, it, you know, you're thinking it's probably not going to go in. Um, you know, how do you correct that? And maybe uh, Tominaga is, is the answer. Give him an opportunity to start. But there are times when... Uh, Tominaga comes down and fires up a three-point shot from from NBA range or whatever. And when he's hitting them, it's pretty exciting. But when he's not hitting them, um, it's 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 not a good uh, indication of the uh, of the offense working the way that it should. Mike, so did the new coaching hires for football overshadow the performance of Nebraska basketball last night. I hope they did for you. What are your thoughts on those? Um, you know, the, no, I think, I think there was a, a lot of uh, what we've said before. I think people thought there was a shot that Nebraska could beat Illinois because it was at home. And, and, you know, I think there was a lot of excitement there. What showed up, um, I don't know about the coaching hires. Um, let, let's see what happens. You know, um, I can only read what, what is said about them, where they came from, you know, what their experience is and so forth. I'm disappointed that none of the full-time assistants are uh, have any kind of Nebraska background. You know, I thought that was one thing that, that uh, Rule really did well when he went to Baylor. And, in fact, McGuire's dad um, – he hired McGuire's dad out of a high school situation, and now McGuire's dad is the head coach at Texas Tech. That shows pretty good uh, insight on his part in terms of uh, developing a, a coach or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, let's see how this thing let's see how this thing comes together. Uh, but again, I, I, I thought it would have been good if Nebraska, if somebody with Nebraska roots would have been involved in the 
in the staff in some way. Mike, uh, we spent time on this yesterday and want to get your take with Georgia's national title team, Georgia's two-year run. And Bill Conley of ESPN has the 94-95 Nebraska run number two behind this current Georgia run. And he could probably be talked into keeping 94-95 Nebraska number one. But how do you look at this Georgia team? Is it too soon to talk all time? And if you were to give me a reason that Nebraska's 94-95 team trumps all, what what characteristic about those squads is enduring when we talk about all-time lists? Um, you know, one of the – okay, so it's too early to say what where Georgia's back-to-back championships fit in the kind of context. I think there's always that – sense of, you know, let's rush in and say, ah, oh, this is it, you know, because it, it's a temporary situation. Um, about Nebraska, 94-95, and I, I'm not saying this means that Nebraska should be ahead of Georgia in any way, shape, or form, but um, it, it always impressed me that the offensive line, uh, the, the five guys in the interior of the offensive line in 1994 – the only one that returned in 1995 was Graham. You know, what kind of depth did that show and what did that say about Nebraska and the emphasis on it has to start up front, the guys up front, because you had two outstanding offensive lines. Nebraska that opportunity. Let's, um, Mike, we're going to, I think what we're going to do. difficult to say five Nebraska team. Mike, we're going to give you a quick call on the phone, bud. We're, we're losing you on the video part. It's too choppy. We're going to give Mike a ring on the phone here and, and get him to finish that answer up. Appreciate Mike hanging on with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, we're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We're going to check back in with Babbers. The Gremlins must have uh, migrated from Connor Clark's dungeon to, uh, to, to, to Babber's office. So we're going to get Babber's on here uh, this last segment. Mike Schuhart is coming up here in about 25 minutes, uh, about 10 minutes rather. And then Evan Bland will join us. Babber's going to reset it real quick. We got about three minutes here, but you were touching on and then we kind of lost translation uh, you were mentioning Aaron Graham and, and the Nebraska offensive line. We'll pick it up there, bud. Yeah, that's the thing, uh, 94-95, um, that really impressed me was that the only uh, of, of the five uh, offensive linemen in the interior there, the only one that returned in 95 from 94 was Aaron Graham, um, which showed you the depth in that offensive line and the development of that offensive line and how Nebraska placed an emphasis on that so that you could have a whole different offensive line in 1995, uh, except for Aaron Graham, and, and, and be a, such a dominant team. I mean, that was a, definitely a dominant team in 95. And, uh, so, but as I said earlier, um, I, I just think it's too early to say you know, where this uh, uh, Georgia team, back-to-back national championships, where that fits in the whole scheme of things. Can you can you do you have any way of working through different generations? As in, 
would would the 95 team get blown up by 2023 players? I mean, that's where I can't go transport yesterday or this pick whoever, uh, a team Georgia, and, and how they would fare against 95 athletes, 1995 athletes. Well, yeah, but you have to you have to do things in context. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. We're talking about something that's uh, almost thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and and how the how the development of athletes, you know, the size of the athletes and so forth. I mean, look at the ninety four ninety five compared to seventy seventy one. Yeah, it's Nebraska true. national championship offensive guard Dick Rupert on those two teams weighed two hundred and five pounds. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole different kind of a kind of a situation, uh, 1977, 1995, mm-hmm. uh, 1995, um, 2021, 2022, 2023. I mean, it's, it's, it's all, it's just such a different uh, context mm-hmm. that you have to consider when you evaluate those teams. So it's hard to say one way or the other. Mike Babcock with us on Hale Varsity at MD Babs on Twitter. Babers, thanks for making today work, bud. Appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, sorry about the uh, phone thing. 